gentlemen welcome to episode five of the slap the ask show we have a very special guest with us today we have sully the great one or at sully s-u-l-l-y the great and then number one on twitter sully is an extremely knowledgeable and transparent trader that we were connected to through another twitter friend shout out to bill stocks and we're looking forward to learning a lot from you today, Sully. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Of course. So I guess just hopping right into it. Um, when did you first start trading and why did you eventually start trading uh, penny stocks? Yeah, so funny thing is, right? So I, I assume a lot of people probably have a similar story. I actually worked... Uh, in uh, for a company that gave me an option to buy stock in the company at a discount, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that I worked for. And uh, that company was Best Buy at the time. And I worked there for over uh, roughly 10 years. I'm dating myself now. But uh, so I, I worked there for about 10 years. And that was the first stock I ever bought. You know, I worked there as, as a younger kid, I call it, but not really a kid, I guess. And uh, that was the first stock I ever bought. And then I really got interested because back then, that's when Best Buy was really heating up, you know, and obviously the retail landscape has changed now. But uh, back then I was like, man, I'm, I'm compounding earnings like crazy here. You know, this is cool. Uh, so I started to dabble more, you know, I started to get in and, you know, I, I had friends that were getting into and in different stocks and whatnot. And uh, that's when I kind of branched out into the small cap, micro cap, OTC world a little bit and dabbled into that. Uh, I actually made some serious gains on a stock called Rave uh, back in the day, too. It's uh, like a pie five pizza chain, uh, you know, when Chipotle was really gearing up for its big run, you know, and, and it has a similar similar deal. But, uh, you know, that's when I really started dabbling into the OTC and I kind of got hooked there. I kind of got yeah. on it there with the gains, you know, you buy something at a buck and it's running to 13 and you're like, what is going on? How is this happening? Right. You see these gains compounding, you know, so quickly. So that's what really got me into it was taking uh, that sort of, uh, you know, the, the money from that I was making at Best Buy in that stock, selling some yeah. of the profits there and then rolling it into other areas that, that potentially I thought at the time I thought, you know, Hey, these can really run, you know, so. Yeah, I'd say that's what the attractive thing of the OTC is, right? Like the fact that, you know, running 100% over the course of a week is happening every week. There's always some ticker that's running hard all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you look at OTC tickers, what are the, uh, the catalysts you're looking for? Like what is the share structure of a particular ticker? Are you looking at technicals for it versus more fundamentals? Like how do you so determine what stocks you want to buy? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot that I look at, right? So I mean, obviously, you want to look at the share structure. Is this thing bloated where, you know, you're going to need the masses to come in like a GameStop rally to get it to go to, you know, for, uh, two, uh, 0 0.005, for example, right? You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't have any interest in that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I prefer to look at something that's fairly uh, low float, although obviously share structures 
uh, haven't mattered as much lately, only because you know more people are buying LTC now, so they're moving a little easier, uh, right. which is kind of good. You know, it opens up a broader spectrum to what you can invest in. Um, I also look at technicals, right? So obviously, I mentioned I, I have big boards that I use, and uh, that's really what funds my OTC addiction is all my dividends from my big board stocks. So I, I really, you know, I've just compounded these earnings on free money that other companies have given me. So that's pretty cool. But uh, I do look at charts. I look at charts all day. My, my wife, you know, she's like, uh, you married me, Nick, you know, it's like, what's going on? So um, I look at charts all day. I obviously look at who's in the stock. Uh, Twitter, you know, wasn't around back when I first started. Um, and I actually recently joined Twitter as you probably see on my handle. Um, simply just for stock. That's all I really do on it. I don't, I don't do any of the, you know, other interaction, but it, it, it's a good indicator as to what's going on. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Solly. And I think it's a good lesson for a lot of the listeners and even us sometimes is penny stocks are extremely risky, you know? So you taking your dividends from the big boards and investing in penny stocks, like you've already hedged your risk because you're betting essentially, you know, free money on these penny stocks. So yes, you're investing in something that's more risky, but then you also have technical analysis, you have charting, you have, you know, looking at share structure, and then you minimize your risk even more. And now all of a sudden you have this profitable system that you've obviously been very good at. So yeah. I think it's cool to watch. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I also enjoy doing uh, DD as well, you know, like everybody else. Yeah. Out there. Everyone else loves VD. Twitter can be good for it sometimes. Um, it can also be dangerous at times. So you need to watch, you know, what you're reading, be able to verify things. I, I think that's very important for anybody new or uh, looking to get in, you know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. One thing I love about your Twitter feed in particular is that I feel like you always try to get into the stock before the pumpers come. Yes. I did a tweet recently that laid out all like the cheapest pink current stocks with the philosophy being when September rolls around and all the non-pink current tickers are no longer tradable, the pumpers are going to get into the cheapest pink current stocks and start going from there. Um, I think that's a very interesting way at, you know, investing in the OTC. Um, so with that, what, how do you like try to find a stock that is uh, about to be pumped, I guess? Like, what do you look for in it? <laughs> So there, there's a few indicators, right? Um, when you look at uh, what, what's going to be in the future, right? You brought up the list that I posted the other day. Here's all the pink currents, you know, and with new SEC rules, people should be looking at that. Uh, they're coming whether you like it or not. I'm not saying you can make, uh, can't make money on stop signs now. You can't make money on uh, custodianships. You know, obviously those are still there and we're seeing them run, right? But, but the rodeo days are going to go away, unfortunately, with some of that stuff. So we need to be prepared, right, moving forward. Okay, what pink stocks are undervalued for what they offer, right? So GRLT was on that list, uh, for example, right? And, and I've been pounding, you know, the table on that one since and nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it at 0012, you now know? Now everyone wants it after it's running. That's how it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I even posted that. I was like, whatever, let's go. You know, it doesn't matter. That's fine. If, if y'all love it now, that's great. I, I've, I've been yelling it forever, you know? And, uh, you know, it's important to look at the future, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that don't look at OTC markets, that don't 
uh, understand the difference between what a stop sign is or uh, what, what a pink current is or even a yield sign or, or what have you. A lot of people don't even know what OTCQB is, right? And, and all of this stuff is important to know to be able to move up and understand if, if something really has potential or not. Uh, back to your initial question, sorry, real quick. Uh, with, with, with looking at charts, right? I call it the, I call it the camel hump. Uh, another guy calls it an elasticity uh, check that, that I talk with often. But uh, the camel hump is kind of that front load you're looking at, right, on a chart. So if you, if you see something like that, you know, okay, all right, people have loaded up and, and, and it's come back down a little bit. The other ones that were already in, right, before the pumpers, because that does happen, right? Yeah. They, they got out when they saw that hump, right? That, oh, I got my shot. I've been in this thing forever. I'm getting out, right? So now the pumpers on the stock. And that's when you see it coming through on Twitter, right? Uh, whether it be a week or, you know, two weeks, whatever, you know, they, they have an agenda and that's okay, right? But you got to know how to see this stuff or you're going to be bag holding like crazy. Yeah, I think the thing with pumpers too, you have to realize is when they're front loading a stock, they're not, they're not tweeting about it at all. They're not putting anything out to the public. They're just their boys, their group of high net worth individuals are loading this stock. And generally it's penny stocks because you can manipulate them a lot more. You know, there's, there's a lot less shares. You know, you can buy a lot more of the stock. You can control the, the stock price a lot more. And then after a few days, they start pumping it out to the masses. It starts running. If you think that they're only selling at the top and they're saying that they're long-term investors, they're not long-term investors. They're selling the whole way up. They're scaling out of their position. And I think that's why I like your Twitter so much is you're, you're finding these plays before the pumpers are ever even in them. So you're making even more money than what the pumpers are making <laughs> off of the people coming in. Exactly, and, and I, I, that's a skill that I think like you and Bill and a you know a few Twitter traders have that not a lot of people really do. Um, and it's and you have the transparency, so people trust you now, and you've gained this following who um, are going to buy the plays that you're tweeting about. And I think it's really cool. You know, and, and with that too, uh, j just from my perspective, right, and, and this is just the kind of human I am, there's a lot of responsibility with a following, right? There is, yeah. So, uh, you know, you can choose to say, hey, all right, I'm, I'm going to front load this thing and I'm going to blow it out a lot, you know, but why? Why do that to people, right? Let, let's find real quality plays that, that we can all get in on if, if you're listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we can get in on it and, and move together, right, and make money, right? So that's the end goal for everybody. I get it. it, it I treat it like a business, like everybody else. But, uh, you know, I don't need to deceive people uh, to, to move a stock. I don't, I don't believe in that. Right. Would you say uh, most of your OTC trading then is more swing trading, as in you wait for the catalyst to hit and things like that? Or do you dabble in day trading as well? Right. I do. I do. I dabble in day trading. Um, I don't tweet about day trades I make. I don't, I don't think that that's tactful, right? Because if somebody sees, oh, oh, I got in this, right? And then I'm getting the heck out. I just <laughs> made them buy, you know, like that's not nice to people, right? Like you try to be, you know, a good human. Slippery right? slope. Yeah. So, you know, they, I, I do day trade. I do swing trade. Absolutely. Um, the, I, I swing trade a lot of stocks. A lot. Um, GRLT on the first run, I swung, swung all the way up, you know, 
And uh, that, that was months ago. And, and I saw the chart and it's a real company with a good CEO. It's going to run again. It got beaten down for no reason. So uh, you just got to wait for that white right entry point. Uh, you know, and I got back in. Yeah, I guess that's philosophy behind Venu as well, right? Great CEO and oh, pounding. So I, I knew Venue would come up. That's kind of what I'm known for, right? So, it, and there's no secret. I got my Rock House Live shirt on, right? I'm drinking my Rock out of my Rock House Live mug, you know? Yeah, you you got to get the CEO on for an interview. We'll have you come back on. We'll talk to him. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you saw my tweets, but I finally bought into Venu this past week on that dip around yeah. like 0.0158. Eight. It dipped a little more, but I mean, you can never call the bottom, but yeah. I, I'm happy with that position. I mean, just a small position is a hundred thousand shares, but I'm hey. probably going to be adding because when smart traders are in, in it, uh, I like to be in it. So, well, buying quiet is important, right? So yeah. when you have a, a quiet ticker that, that nobody's really talking about, you know, everybody loved it when it was running, you know, I've been in it since trips, not going to lie. That's where I've been. And I yelled it when nobody was listening, right? Just like GRLT. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that venue is, is a unique ticker, you know, with the DD behind it, that's 100% verifiable. Um, a lot of the OTC, you don't see that, you know, some of the stuff is all speculation and what have you, but uh, with, with venue, it's, it's interesting. And I, on, on the dips, just to give a shout out, um, I didn't see the, the dip coming from like three down to, uh, under two cents. And, uh, there was another guy at silly sheep nine who did, and he called it out. And this is what people should listen to and learn from. Right. So he called it out and I, I was against it just from what I was seeing. And, uh, he was right. I was wrong. <laughs> so, uh, what I did, I reached out. I want to learn, you know? Okay. So, uh, you, you, you should really, it's not bashing when somebody calls it right. That, that's, that's somebody who knows what they're doing, right? So let me learn from that. What did you see that I didn't? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And one thing I love on your feed, just like when you uh, tweeted out about Phil Mickelson winning the uh, PGA Championships, like you're never too old to learn new things and accomplish your goals. You know, I think everything, especially in the market, it's all learning process. There's never enough knowledge. You can always be learning more and just refining your skills. If you're relying on just Twitter to buy things, there's a good chance you're going to fail. You have to do work. You have to put in the time. You have to know what's going on. If you don't, you're not going to be successful at this game. It's just how it is. 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy. If it were easy, everyone would do it, as the old yeah. saying goes. <laughs> yep. It's funny because I think when I first started trading, I entered at a you know good market time. So everything was doing well for like the first two months. Then it crashed, and I was like, I was like, what the hell's going on here? Like, I thought it was so easy. And then when it's hard, you realize that it's, it's about staying in the game is the name of the game. It's very hard to yep. be in this game for a long time. And when I talk to people like, like you, like Sixth Sense, Bill Stocks, you guys have all been trading for much longer than I have, longer than Jimmy. So it's important for us, I think, to learn from you guys. But the fact that you guys are willing to learn from other people is really cool. So I guess going off of that, what are, who are some of the traders that you uh, have picked up some uh, nice tips and tricks from? Yeah. So I tend to gravitate towards unknown traders, right? So I, I like to look at people that call things correctly. 
they maybe don't have a following, right? And, and that's, it's not about follower count. It's never been that way. If you're chasing follower count, you're going to run into the wrong people. Um, obviously, at Bill Stocks One, he has a follower account now, but I've known Bill since he put it up, you know? So um, I, I, Bill's probably been one of the best friends, I guess you could call it, that I've made on, on Twitter. Um, at Silly Sheep Nine, I mentioned him. Um, he is one of the best charting people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he knows everything and he does free uh, sessions for people that just want to learn. And it, cool. it, no pump or nothing, you know, just talk about any ticker, big boards, whatever. And, uh, you know, it'll show you different indicators to look at and whatnot. So there's that. Uh, Wild Rhino, I mean, his, his DD is beyond good beyond good i mean that man is is really good at that uh michael g trades uh, nobody it seems you know wants to follow him uh but he does really well he could he put me on dscr really uh, in the trips yep yep so that that was a gift from him to me and then you know i obviously put it out there too because that was a good run um <laughs> And uh, who else? Uh, Cody, uh, stock player 11, I believe. Uh, also great chartist. Uh, I, I love having people that I can, you know, oh, I see this in the chart. What do you guys see? You know, that we can bounce back and, and go back and forth. And a lot of times they don't even have, uh, you know, skin in the, in the ticker that I'm talking about. So uh, that's when you know you have someone genuine, right? They're going to respond to you. They're going to say, all right, let, let's collaborate. And they have no money to make from doing it, right? They just want to genuinely help you get better or even learn themselves along the way. So those are just, just a few that, that I would mention out there that, that really deserve a good follow. They're phenomenal at what they do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that, I think that's the beauty of Twitter and the internet in general, is just getting exposure to different people on their styles of trading and you know you really are able to think of things you would not think of otherwise when you absolutely think what they're talking about for sure for sure and uh you know like, like we were talking about with dd and whatnot everybody finds doing dd easier than reading a chart right anybody could go do a a google search and and look up a company or you know the history of it not everybody can look at a chart and say i know what this is right <laughs> So you, you, you got you to be willing to learn and adapt. If, if you're not willing to do that, you're, you're, you can't just rely on one or the other. You kind of need both, right? Right. And those guys help me out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I think the only way that you can like exclusively use charting is if you're, if you're day trading because there's so many catalysts that can come into play and completely screw up a chart, especially with penny stocks. Sure. So, yeah, like you said, it's important to uh, use a combination of all these different you, know, you can use the internet you can do your dd you can uh, uh use technical analysis there's a lot of ways you can do it but i think if you realize you're not good at one there's other people that can help you and there's a lot of good traders like the ones you mentioned that you can learn from and become better but uh solely i gotta ask you a question so you're <laughs> a uh you're a seahawks fan i am i'm fr i've actually was born in seattle a lot of family out there and uh I, I sadly don't live there anymore uh i do work for a company based out there so it's cool i get to go back every once in a while you know i'm just a regular guy like everyone else got a nine to five so yeah awesome. but I'm, I'm an eagles fan so we're in, i'm in philly jimmy's uh, uh jimmy's a dallas fan so we don't get along too well with the, the sport I, yeah I don't, get, I don't get along with dallas fans very much 
Uh, a special kind of people. Yeah, right. I have friends that are Dallas fans, and I, I love I love watching the uh, the failure. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it seems like that's a common trend. Um, yeah. Anyway, circling back to trading, just one more time. Talk about OTC. Talk a little bit about big boards. One thing I had a question about for big boards though is, is your style different when it comes to uh, investing in big boards versus OTC? Um, or would you say it's similar in that you're looking for a catalyst, following the charts, things like that? So with big boards, I mean, obviously you want to look at what's hot, what sector's hot, what's going on, what's the deal, right? <laughs> um, I typically do the same stuff. Um, I like to implement, I, I, I invest in leadership. I love looking at leadership in a ticker. I think that's very important is uh, so you know if you're going to go long or if you're going to, you know, uh, kind of just swing it or, you know, day trade, whatever. Um, so I think it's, it's important to look at leadership. Uh, that, that's the biggest key. And that's how I got into venue. You know, I, you, I'm known for it, right? But there's not a better CEO. I don't care about any other ticker. There's not a better CEO in the OTC period. There just isn't. The man's track record speaks for itself. Right. So he's already sold two businesses, one in the same sector. Right. And then one to Mark Cuban. Right. Who then sold it to, you know, it, it's just the guy has success. He knows what he's doing. So if you trust in it. Right. And he wants to grow it organically, just like big boards, you know, same idea. Uh, those are the plays I look at to go long. In, right. I've been long in venue. I probably should have sold it at four or five. Right. That's what the chart says. That's what everything says. I should have just sold it. Right. But I, I, I truly believe, and I, and I, also the chart showing, you know, upward momentum in that one too. But um, I truly believe we're going to be up over a nickel here soon. Okay, great, good to know. I got to open a position now. It's, it's I know. everyone's harping it. I, I feel I got to listen to the people that are know this stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so back to what you were saying about big boards. I mean, I, I invested in uh, Fiat Chrysler, right? Um, nobody really cares. It's not fancy or whatever. But uh, at the time, the CEO, uh, he passed away, unfortunately. But that dude, that dude was crazy, like crazy good. against the grain. I'm disrupting the automobile industry. We're bringing back gas, guzzle, you know, guzzlers and, and we're going to make America love it. You know, like that's what we're going to do. This vision, like I could wrap my head around that people. There's a there's a market for it. Right. So I made good money on that one, right? But I look at leadership and that's where I want to go. I mentioned uh, Rave earlier, right? One of the first uh, small cap, you know, OTC penny stock, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, there was a CEO transition. Uh, the guy was from uh, Smashburger. He was an executive from there and it's a restaurant thing. Uh, it just made sense. You know, the market's going to cheer that, right? Like the guy already, he already won there. Turns out he didn't win in rave, but I didn't have to see it, right? So I got my money and got out of there. So, you know, it's just one of those things. You, I, I like looking at leadership. I think it's important uh, to know who you're investing in, right? Because somebody runs that company. Yeah, I was. It's funny. I was saying that to Jimmy the other day. Is when I look for when I look to invest in a company long term, I like to invest in companies much like you. Whenever the founder is the CEO, because that company is his life, you know, like, like people can hate on Elon Musk, but Elon Musk eats, sleeps and breathes Tesla because that's his baby that he came up with. So I think to your point, investing in founder uh, run companies is very important.
Yeah, and that's a good example right there too, right? So with Elon, right? Uh, Tesla didn't make a profit for how long? Uh, like Eight last year. year. <laughs> you, you know, they, they didn't. They weren't making money forever. They weren't hitting goals. They weren't hitting quotas. But the vision was there, right? The vision was there. People loved what he had to say, and, and knew they believed he could implement. It, right. So that's no different when you're going along in a play and. OTC or big board, right? That's that's the vision. Like again, I go back to venue because that's you know my only long position at this point. Um, that that CEO, he he knows what he's doing. Yeah, they're not making money right now. It's it's in beta. I mean, come on, that's that's how it works. But he knows what he's doing in the industry, and his leadership team is phenomenal, right? So you look at all that coupled together. Okay, I can go comfortably, uh, you know, long here while flipping you know, whatever else. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, words of wisdom right there. Um, so crypto has been pretty hot the past couple of months. We've had a pretty significant dip of the past uh, week and a half. Do you uh, dabble in crypto at all? So, you know, it, uh, I just heard the name Elon, right? And people hating on Elon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't, you can't mention crypto without him, right? At this point, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't dabble in crypto. I, a lot of people I know do. Um, I have never been a crypto guy. Uh, not, not, I mean, maybe I should have been. I, you know, a lot of people made a ton of money on it. Uh, but for me, it, it, it's just too much. It's too, it's way more volatile, in my opinion, than an OTC ticker. It's, it, it, you know, some of them anyway. Um, and it, it, it pains me because I, I look at, you know, crypto charts because I just like doing it because everybody at work's like, oh, I bought Dogecoin. I'm like, what are you doing? You bought it at the top. Like, stop. You know? <laughs> and and uh, so I'm looking at it and, and I'm telling them that's it's a bad idea. And it, sadly, a lot of people are going to get played in, in some of the crypto plays. But, you know, it, it, it's part of the game. It is what it is. I'm more of a physical gold and silver guy, to be honest with you. Peter Schiff, man. Edge against the Yeah, team. yeah. I, I, I do more of that. You know, historically looking at that, again, it's a different market, but uh, historically looking at that, I mean, the gold-silver ratio isn't there. So silver's been creeping up, and I've been in silver, you know? So I, I got a local guy that I go buy my, you know, bullion from or whatever, and throw it in my safe, and there you go. You well, know? they've both been trending up this week. Gold and silver, I think, are doing uh, their rallying. Pretty yeah. Amazing. Well, you look at the, you know, inflation going on and all that stuff. You, you got to look elsewhere, you know? True. So, Sully, going off of that, uh, how, how important do you think it is to hedge against inflation? Because you said that you're buying uh, gold and silver. Um, how important is that in the perspective of your portfolio? Yeah. So, uh, stock, I mean, we all know stocks, they, they can fall, so can commodities, right? But typically they don't do it together right? So it's important to have that, that balance, right? Everyone talks about the uh, diversification. If you're just diversifying within the OTC, that, that could not be a good idea, right? Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that could destroy your account. So um, you got to be willing to go elsewhere and learn more about different things so you can hedge against uh, whether it be a recession or, or just something that drops. And, and, and I'm sure you guys see it all the time. Don't go all in on one ticker, you know, and that, that, that's valuable. That that's, that's good information you should be reading and, and understanding. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, you know, I think we are interesting, like a, a weird time 
in the market where government spending is at an all-time high, equities are an all-time high, essentially. Commodities are going way up. It's, it's kind of a real estate's all the way up. It's, it's going to be a place where I don't think uh, people are going to know how to navigate. So it's going to be a very, uh, very, like, in 20 years from now, they're going to talk about this time period in economy. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, we're coming, well, coming out of, well, uh, you know, a pandemic or at least thinking we're coming out of that. Who knows, right? I don't even know. But, uh, you know, we're coming out of that and people are trying to go back to work, right? And, and whatnot. And that eliminates some of the OTC trading that you you were seeing during the pandemic when everybody was home, right? Oh, I got to go back to work. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. And then SEC rules are changing, right? So, you have that dynamic. You've got a lot of moving parts around you. You've got to be prepared and you've got to hedge. Yeah, it's, it's very important. Um, I guess uh, going off of that, uh, you're talking about COVID and how we're coming out of the pandemic. Do you think that uh, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we're going to see an influx of uh, money going into small caps? Because it seems like crypto, it's been so volatile lately that people are taking their money out of crypto. I recently put my money into crypto, but a lot of people are saying, oh, the money's going to come into small caps from crypto. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you just think it's people just talking? I, you know, it, it could happen. It certainly could. Um, my, I don't know. It, it, it's hard yeah. to tell. It really is. It's hard to predict that. Um from what I see crypto wise, and again, I'm not in it and I have no interest in it, but you know, from looking at it, usually the market uh, trend goes with Bitcoin, right? Like that's the king of crypto or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that looks like it's, it's about due for a big correction to me. So, uh, you know, the other small coins, you know, that I, safe moons and all that, I mean, that could be your OTC, right? Where it's safe. It's not going to feel that, that you know, I, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but I, I do think about that. As far as money flowing in from crypto to, to OTC, I, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Anyway, Sully, I want to just thank you for coming on, taking your time out of the Memorial Day weekend to talk with us. Um, I know, you know, it's nice. Everyone's trying to get a little time off, a little vacation. Granted, the weather is not really cooperate you can't go to the beach drink like that but uh i really appreciate you coming on i know luke does too um learned a lot from you and can't wait to uh stay connected as we uh you know go throughout this investing journey we'll definitely send you a shirt too once we start making some merch yeah love thank it you so much solly we appreciate love you coming it. on <laughs> thank you guys hey keep doing the good stuff right this is great for people to watch great for people to see and, and i love it you guys are doing really good thank you awesome thank you. love to hear it, man appreciate the All conference right. take it easy Alright, later. Feeling good. Hey, feeling good. Like I should.